You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? I was trying to. I was just trying to think. When was the last time you and I were on a pod by ourselves together? It feels like it's been the whole week. Monday? Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'm ready to yell at you again. So uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we we got some we stuff do to talk for about. sure. Um, I'm, I'm excited. So. So let's go ahead. Today I asked you guys for your Twitter questions, and you guys sent me in some really great questions, uh, some questions that I think can have some good debate, and some questions that are just going to annoy Landon, <laughs> which are my favorite. Um, and we're going to go ahead and start off with one of those because you pointed this one out that you well, hated this question. Well, it's just that I saw that question. And, I didn't. I don't hate the question at all, actually. I, yes, no, 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 no. I, I don't hate the question. I, I hate that people feel that they need to. Yes. Okay, let's let's yeah. jump into it. From at Jimmy Olsen Blues. If as a Cowboy fan you have no faith in Garrett or Jerry Jones, check. What should you look forward to in 2019 with no first-round pick? Uh, I will let you go first, Lena. What should you look forward to in 2019? Uh, finding a different team to root for. Uh, because you're <laughs> oh, not rooting, you're there's, not there's even rooting for this team. I, 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 listen, I do not understand the whole process of, of completely writing off, you know, uh, uh the, I, that's just, it's just not me. I, I just don't, I, I just don't, I, I don't believe in writing off a, a whole season basically, or a whole team, uh, because I don't like the way things are going in the middle of it, and and like you know, just basically rooting against the different parts of our team because I you know I've been convinced that it's th- that I that it's this guy's fault or that guy's fault or I have no faith or whatever. Just watch the games, man. Like root for the team. The things you look forward to are are still the the, the game, the team, the reason that you t- tune every week. If if you need like every part of your team to have. Now, on every level, guys that you are that you approve of and you uh, are like 100% behind, then you're not really a fan of the team. Like you're just you want to be right about what's wrong with the team. And there is a huge percentage of Cowboys fans out there that basically, you know, claim to be Cowboys fans, but really want to sit and, and hold judgment on what they feel like is doing the Cowboys are doing wrong and just be right, feel like they're right about the situation. So I'm not suggesting that that's what this guy is doing. And if he's actually, you know, honestly saying, Hey, I'm, I'm bummed about Garrett, but you know, please try to make me feel better at the situation. You've got a young team. There's a lot of young talent on here. If you don't, you know, if, if we're going to entertain this question, uh, you know, even if Garrett leaves or or, or whatever, uh, Jerry's not going anywhere. The Joneses are not going anywhere. So you, you probably need sure. to get comfortable with that, or either you know hop onto another team. I'm not not joking at this point. Um, uh, but as far as Jason Garrett goes, I mean, you know, it's it's so funny to me that people c- call him so milk toast and so middle of the road yet get so offended by this his, the sensibility of having him so i guess you know 
just know that if he's gone next season or the season after that, which, you know, I'm not necessarily opposed to, but it's like, root for the guy that's here while he's here. Once he's gone, if you, you know, if we could talk about what's next and, and we can go from there, but the season's not even halfway over and like we're making a determination that there's nothing to look forward to no matter what the outcome is because Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones are the, are the coach and owner. Like, let it play out. If it doesn't work out, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about who the next head coach of this team is. And trust me, there will be a lot of talk. But until then, you know, let's not pretend like we're all victims you know, of this or that, that this is some horrible atrocity that's been put upon us. You know, we're still in the mix of this right now. And uh, this is still our head coach and our owner right now. And, and, you know, uh, you don't have to root for them specifically, but to suggest that your fandom is ruined because (laughs) this guy is the coach or you can't find anything positive to look at, like, I got got other things to look at at this point than to try to help you out with this, unfortunately. Jimmy, do you know what you should be looking forward to in 2019 is more of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Because unlike the Cowboys, we always bring our A game every single every single podcast. So you can always look forward to the, the podcast. We'll, we'll always be 100 with you. All right. Um, let's move on to another question from our friend Pash. Uh, do you believe the decision to get rid of Paul Alexander had more to do with performance or maybe the preference of some of the guys in the locker room? Uh, it's hard to say which is more uh, inclined. In I mean, which is more of a factor. But I would say it, I it's, think, it's probably yes, – no, it's definitely right? both. I mean, it, yeah, it's just a question of proportion. I, I think that, you know, the it's the performance is what prompted it. And then the, the, the offensive line room, I would assume, would have been like, well, you know, listen – we're not loving this, uh, you know, performance. I mean, look, I've stated on Twitter, and I feel pretty clearly that Mark Colombo was the guy that they wanted to have the job, even when Frank Pollock had the job. So, um, yeah, and, and and if you go back and listen to us talking about, you know, the progression of of um, Bill Callahan to Frank Pollock, I, you know, I talked about how you know in training camp you watch it, like when Callahan was here, it was Pollock that was basically running the practices, and Callahan was you know giving the obviously the the tips and pointers as as he were, but it was Pollock who was essentially running the practices, and and Callahan was designing the the, the run game. Then when Pollock became head coach, it was Colombo that was I mean head coach became offensive line coach. It was uh, Colombo who was basically running the the. Uh, practices and, and Pollock was kind of you know overseeing that way. So each along the steps of the way, each way, except for you know Callahan wanting to stay offensive coordinator and leaving, the offensive line room was what prompted the move. You know, so I, 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 th- right, I mean that's right. so I, I do think that the offensive line w- group wanted him out, um, and I think that's part of it. Uh, but I also think that. You know, if you look at it from, hey, there's a performance issue and there's a coaching issue, which of the two is easier to fix? Uh, I think it's pretty clear that it's easier to fire the offensive line coach and uh, and get somebody else in and hope that the change back in technique will get the performance back to where it needed to be. So there was a report yesterday that the Cowboys are basically going to go back to the technique that they used last year. Is that surprising to you at all? No. I mean, because... I don't know. Okay. I mean, the techniques that were used last season were the techniques that had been used the previous 
you know, six seasons. So uh, however long since Callahan been here, I, I don't think that it's changed since Callahan's been gone. Um, you know, we're talking about okay. a zone heavy team that's of trying to master those elements of the zone run uh, blocking. So I guess it, it, those techniques would include in pass protection. It would be going back to more of a two hand punch, going back to more traditional pass protection stuff as opposed to high hand, low hand. And then in the run game, I would assume it has to do with uh, a renewed focus on the zone running game and, and getting those techniques down again. All right, let's pause, and we will come right back to answer more of your Twitter questions. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand-name clothes? Why do we buy new kids' clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there's a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? There is. It's Swap.com, the world's largest thrift store. Stop driving to store after store and sifting through racks Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about. Swap.com is the world's largest thrift store. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail prices on your favorite brand clothes, such as Nike and Gap. Quality, hand-inspected items are added daily, and if something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. We have a special offer for our listeners. Get 35% off select items for your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. That's Swap.com. All right, our next question is from Santiago. If we see the, uh, if we fail to see a uptick in passing production over the next nine games, what is the next step for the Cowboys? Uh, we obviously they have Amari Cooper now. They have, uh, you know, maybe is the next step grabbing another tight end and try to figure out a way that way? Is it getting another quarterback, a new coordinator? What do you think is the next step if the passing game fails in the second half of the season? I, I think that. I mean, it depends on what it depends on what you mean by next step. I mean, I, I guess the next step we, we go into the off season and then we'll, we determine you know who's coaching this team. I think you know. I, I mean, I think right. uh, as much as what I just said about you know rooting for the guys there, I, I think that's a problem for postseason. You know what I'm saying? But I, if if we're gonna hype hypothesize this i think that you look at you know the results you look at how the offense overall performed uh and then you evaluate you know scott linehan and and jason garrett and see if there needs to be a change there or what um but i think that the this is the move to be made for the rest of the season like there you know i think at the end of the season there's going to be personnel changes they'll obviously continue to try to improve personnel um but i also think that there is there should be an element of patience to the fact that you know you have a young team that I, I think a lot of the most improvement that you're likely to get out short of going and signing a, a you know a known commodity at a position like tight end in the off season you're the most improvement that you're likely to have uh, in this passing offensive is is time you know, is his time with Cooper and Dak, time with Dak and Gallup, time with you know Dak and Rico to get better, time with Rico and Dak and Swaim to get better. Um, you know, the thing about all of these 
weapons that they have is that they're all young and they've all just been recently started playing with with Dak. So I think the likely the the biggest jump we're going to see is Dak and his chemistry with Gallup and Gallup's improvement and Dak and his chemistry and, and right. Cooper and Cooper's improvement. I, I think that's where the passing game will take its biggest step. Now, what the, what does that mean for the next nine weeks? Well, we'll see how much of an immediate impact Cooper has on the offense. But I think that, you know, when you talk about getting Gallup more snaps, improve him improving as a player throughout the next nine weeks and then Cooper getting, you know, uh, more ingrained into the offense, becoming more part of the offense, getting more, you know, more of a central role in the offense. You know, those are all things that, uh, will kind of happen at their own pace. It's tough to, it's tough to determine. He may get on the field and light it up next week. He, uh, on Monday, he may, he may not get a hundred yard game for the first three weeks or something. You know, he may not get a whole hundred yard game this season. I, you know, who knows? I think you that's know, very I mean, likely. Yeah. Considering how the Cowboys want to yeah, spread out their targets. And that doesn't, targets, that doesn't necessarily likely. mean that it's a, uh, a failure of a pick. I mean, there, his value is more than receiving yards and touchdowns. You know, his value is, uh, it can be measured in, in his effect on defenses and what in the way and the yes, way that absolutely. the defenses are playing the Cowboys' offense with him on the field. So I think it's a complicated equation, um, but I think the answer to the question is uh, improvement by younger players is really where the biggest step is going to come. I, I do think that they may have to take a, a hard look if. Uh, at the tight end situation, if they just feel like the guys that they have are not developing at a at a pace that they need to be, I can almost see this happening right now on Twitter. As uh, Amari Cooper comes in, and for the Cowboy fans that are watching, they noticed right away that he opens up the offense. Whether that's the safeties backing up and allowing uh, Zeke to have more freedom underneath, or giving you know Cole Beasley more one on one coverages, uh, but then the box score scouts will come in and they'll say. You know, look, Amari Cooper's only averaging 65 <laughs> yards a game. He wasn't worth a first-round pick. I can already see that happening. <laughs> Is that because you're uh, typing you know, up the tweet as you're saying it right now? <laughs> yeah, I have it scheduled to go out on November 15th, so it's it's, it's already in there. Uh, but no, you're, I, I promise you are going to see that coming out in a little bit. It's, oh, just just give it a little just bit. Just stay tuned to Marcus right. underscore Mosher. Ne- you're definitely going to see it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. All right, our next question from Carlos Garcia. Uh, is Big Nickel going to be a bigger part of this defense moving forward? Uh, this is probably in response to a tweet I had oh, yesterday okay. about how uh, they used it a little bit against Washington with uh, Jeff Heath down in the box, almost looking like a linebacker. Uh, Kayvon Frazier was at the line of scrimmage, and then you had Xavier Woods kind of back as a topper. Uh, you saw it a little bit against Washington. Do you think it's going to be uh, something they use going forward? So how— what was I'm sorry. What was the personnel like? It was Heath, and then what linebackers were on the field? Uh, it was Sean Lee and Jalen Smith. Okay, so that's is that was that just nickel then? I mean, because sometimes they play cover three where the linebacker comes. I mean, where the safety comes down and is well, playing that. Well, you had you had three safeties. Oh, you on did the have field. three safeties on the field. Oh, okay. You had Frazier almost playing at the line of scrimmage. Oh, almost oh, like oh, a at the same linebacker. time. Oh, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, okay, so having said that, what was the initial question about? Will we see more of that? Is that the question? Do we think we'll see more of the, the big nickel as the season um, goes along? You know, I think that the thing with big nickel is that it's it's a matchup situation, right? Like, I think it's it's about making sure that you have all the playmakers covered um, on an on an offense. Now, with, when you're facing Washington, um, uh, you know you're facing 
really, especially considering who they had playing in the game, the the biggest threats probably were running back and tight ends, right? And and really, at the end of the day, it was probably just tight ends. Um, so I think a lot of when we face offenses like that, where um, you've got receiving threats at tight end, but they're also trying to run the ball they're trying to uh you know get you know that's the thing about 12 personnel and 13 personnel that the cowboys fans who hate those personnel groups don't want to admit is if you talk to defensive coordinators 12 and 13 personnel are very very difficult to defend because you you, you have to you have to uh, account for run fits and pass fit uh, pass protect uh passes you know stopping a defense you have to uh you have to be able to have personnel that can match up against those those groups uh you know if they're blocking if they're passing um and and that's not exactly always something as straightforward as being able to put out your nickel or being able to go out and base sometimes you have to come up with sort of these kind of mix and match you know three safety personnel in order to have the bulk you need to make sure that you're holding up in the run if they want to run the ball but also uh if if they're dropping back to pass if they're doing play action that you have guys who are fluid enough to you know stop the pass to pretend uh, to deny the pass um so i I think when we talk when we talk about teams that are playing uh against uh you know, when we talk about playing against teams that have multiple tight ends or that have, um, you know, receiving threats at tight end, that it's kind of a difficult mismatch. You know, Jordan Reeds and, and, and some of those those type of players. I think, yeah, you will see more of an uptick in that three safety uh, uh, defense and, and, and really just kind of as needed. Any kind of specialty, you know, receivers, they'll throw that out there. But I think that's going to be determined on a week-to-week basis based on who you're playing. All right, our next question is from uh, Jim Jams, not to be confused with our friend. Uh, is it Jim Jeff? Is that yes, John's that's, other Twitter? That's yeah, this is John's, uh, his burner account. Jim Burner Jim Jeff or Jeff Jeff. This, Jeff. this is Jim Jams. Okay, so. different guy, different guy. Got it, got it. All right. Uh, Jim Jams wants to know, given Noah Brown's blocking ability, could you see the team using him as a tight end on certain plays? Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, I kind of just spoken about this on Twitter. Um, uh, yeah, I think now that he's made it back and because Swaim is, uh, uh, you know, dealing with some health stuff. I, I, though, actually, I haven't heard. Has, has he been on the field or is he uh, – have you heard any update on Swaim yet? I, I Swaim, no, not, nothing on Swaim. Okay, so I, I would just assume that, you know, Swaim's probably not playing for at least the next, uh, you know, few weeks. Um, I, you know, they have tight ends, but – Getting Noah Brown back gives them another guy who you can motion around in formation, whether he be a wing or just a wide receiver who they motion into the formation, and you can you know get to execute blocks. I think he's done. He's shown that he's done that pretty well. Uh, he's got the mentality for it. He's he's strong. He's you know he's he's got really good size. I think he's like six two two twenty. So you know he's yeah. he's he's a bigger guy. He has experience. He likes doing it. Um, you know he spent a lot of time in in uh, uh, special teams last year and with Ohio State, if I remember correctly, too. So, um, yeah, he's he's not afraid to, to mix it up and be physical. Uh, and then, uh, yes, I think uh, I think he's likely to be a guy that, that they could use in sort of that kind of move tight end situation uh, like they had previously. And, again, you know, the, the good thing about that guy is that he – 
you know, while he can do that stuff, he's also still very much a receiver. So, you know, he can, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah they, they should try to find, and, and I'm hoping that they had plans to try to find ways to use him creatively as a uh, blocker and then, you know, maybe in a play action pass goes out and, and into route and, and could really be a guy that uh, could be valuable there. All right, so I want you to power rank these these players as blockers. Ooh, Are you ready? Okay. Noah Brown, Rico Gathers, Blake Jarwin. Okay, so we're talking about as power ranking them Anything. as a okay. Let's I, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to power rank them as their overall effectiveness. I'm not gonna yes. I'm not gonna power rank them by. You know, with uh, a score, uh, you know, tilted towards position. Okay, let's pretend that they're yeah. all three the same position. All right, and and all power. They're all blocking. They're the same all player. blocking the same play. Okay, like that. All right. Um, I think that uh, I think Brown is one. I agree. I mean, I know who I think is last. Jarwin. Yeah. I. I th- hmm. I mean, Rico and Jarwin are pretty terrible blockers. See, here's the thing. I don't think Rico. I don't think Jarwin is terrible in all situations. I think he can. What he. It's hard for me to imagine. But I don't think Rico is good in. Uh, Noah Brown can't get snaps over. I block Jarwin. <laughs> Because essentially they do. The oh same. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, if that's ultimately what we're asking here, I could see that. But I guess my point is, is that Rico, like, it's it's stupid how big his body is and how good it is for blocking and how bad he is at it. So like, like, right. so I guess my point is, is that you know he can accidentally be a good blocker at times, <laughs> like, and then you sure. know, intentionally be good blocker at times. With with Jarwin. I trust him to do some blocking, like certain types of blocking. Like I trust him to get to the second level and hit a, t- a, li- a linebacker. I trust him to, um, you know, wall off. I actually trust him as a point of attack if the if the idea is to, that he can wall a guy off and they get around him. Like I've seen him do that. Where I don't trust him is being able to do to backside cut off a defensive end being able to right. dig out right. a, a defensive end you know like physically move a guy off the line i don't trust any of those guys to do that but if i had to trust I- any one person to do that i would trust Nick, uh, nico uh i would trust uh brown to uh, noah brown to uh be able from a wing position with a little bit of a head start just because i think he's got good size and it's he gets a lower center of gravity too. That's the other thing. So it's a nice little pop. Um, I, I don't. Right. I don't know that I trust them. You know, like uh, if if we're doing a blocking competition where they're all trying all the different types of blocks and, and everything. You know, I don't know that I trust Noah Brown there. But I, I think you know there are definitely times when uh, I would trust Noah Brown over those tight ends for as far as blocking goes. All right, a couple more questions left, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I can answer this one really quickly. I don't have to spend a lot of time on it. From Nova ba- Boys fan, I keep reading that the Cowboys will land a fourth-round comp pick if they release Deontay Thompson by Week 10. Is that true? Yes, that is true, at least from what I've been told. Uh, I, I talked to somebody who said uh, the way that the formula is working out for them, they wouldn't necessarily have to, but if they want to secure that fourth-round pick, they would have to cut Thompson. Is that an easy cut for you? If that if by next week, they, if they want to save a fourth round pick, cutting Thompson. 
I think so. I mean, um, I I haven't been. I don't hate Thompson as much as other people do, but I, I think that the uh, at this point he hasn't outplayed the the desire for this comp pick. So, and and I think you, well, does it change now that Noah Brown's back? Yeah, and that's the thing I was just about to say is that now that Noah Brown's back, I think that it makes it even more palatable to, to cut him. So even though their jobs okay. are completely different, you know, like they're, they're, as wide receivers, they will be used completely different from each other. Um, I, I think that it still helps because I, I think Cooper kind of helps triangulate some of that as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that it's very possible that happens. All right. Last question from at Zebra. Uh, with the Cowboys having some of the most cap space going into the off season, do you see them making any significant signings? Uh, the way that I'm going to toss this to you is oh, if they're going to sign a, you know, a big name player, what's the position it's the most likely to be at? Well, defensive end and Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, I think that's okay. Outside of <laughs> out, maybe outside of guys they already have on their roster. Um, well, I mean, I think I think safety. I mean, I think Earl Thomas is a very real possibility still. Um, yep. I think um, tight end. I mean, I think you know that's that's a position that if they if something popped up or became available that they would you know if if, if it was a clear market improvement. They probably invest there. Um, def- I don't know what's going to happen to defensive tackle next year. Um, may, you know, the only other spot I can think is tight end. If somebody comes available, yeah, like that Jared Cook. Yeah, like I said, I said tight end, didn't I? Anyways, yeah, tight end is really oh, yeah. yeah one of them. I would say tight end, safety, defensive tackle really is the ones that pop out in my head. Okay, that, that's kind of where I'm feeling yeah. as well. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Lane and at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Our next show will be previewing the Cowboys Monday night contest against the Tennessee Titans. So be on the lookout for that, and we will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.